Scripture reading this morning will be from Revelation 2.10. Again, that's Revelation 2.10. And it reads, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. You may, may not be seated. It's that time of year again where we uh, change hands and and the uh, old are out and the new come in. But uh, just a short minute before these young men get up and and preach to us, I've spent seven years with these young men and been able to see them grow and, and from the shortly after they were baptized into Christ, they started teaching and preaching. And I'm proud in a Christian way of, of their willingness to do it, their courage to do it. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. But, young men, I want you to keep growing and maturing in your faith. Keep serving God. Don't grow idle in your life. That's a danger um, that we can do in our faith. We grow idle and we quit working. And uh, Satan's wanting you to do that. I believe that if we all would look out in the world and see the people around us, not merely as people, but as souls, we looked out and we saw that people were dying around us, spiritually, and that we have the cure, I believe that we would take them to the great position, and I Hope and pray that these young men, that this will not be their last sermon. This will not be their last attempt at reaching the lost, at sharing God's word, but that they will have a lifetime of service to God. Keep praying, keep preaching, keep being a light, and keep helping to seek and save the lost. So Jacob, you're up first. Good morning. For those that don't know, I'm Jacob Shepard. I'm 17 and one of the five graduating seniors. I came to Broadway at the end of my fifth grade year, and I've been in the youth group for most of my time here. I would like to thank this amazing congregation for all they've done to me and put a call out for the other members of the youth group. There are five of us leaving this year, and y'all have some big shoes to fill, but I have great confidence y'all can do it. Now, on to the lesson. That gave us a topic of why I want to stay a faithful Christian. I think this is a really good topic for people my age because you're 18. Or because this is the time of quote-unquote freedom from childhood. You're 18, done with school, time to live it up, right? Well, not really, unless you count living it up to be, to be being a godly person. If you would, turn to 1 Peter 2, 16. 1 Peter 2, 16. And it reads, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as, living as a servant of God. 
The first reason I want to remain faithful is because the church is a family. Now, I don't mean related through DNA like a normal family. We are a blood-related family the blood of Christ. If you would, turn to 1 John 1, 7. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. Now, I'm a big family man. I think family is very important. Because without a family in your back corner, you can get lost in ways you wouldn't think. We are commanded to look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ. If you will, turn to 1 John 4, 19 through 20. 1 John 4, 19 through 20. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love the brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. Now in today's age, that might be a simple phone call to check in or a three in the morning drive to help them out due to a natural disaster. But either way, we're helping them out and building our faith. Next is fear. And this one I think not only myself needs, but also everyone. In Wednesday's class, we are talking about rebellion. The Western Dictionary says that rebellion is an opposition to one in authority or dominance. Many people get this way by not having fear of punishment. Without fear, you think you're nearly invincible. We all need fear to keep ourselves in check. Now, throughout the Bible, it gives us glimpses of what God does if we don't have fear towards Him. In the Old Testament, we had the ten plagues of Egypt. Now, those seem pretty bad, right? But for us being a New Age Christian, I fear that our punishment will be much worse than that of the old days. Take the New Testament. It says in Matthew thirteen forty-two, And throw them into a fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in Matthew twenty-five forty-one, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Now these descriptions are scary, are they not? Not only are we separated from God, but the weeping and gnashing of teeth. It says that we will be cast into an eternal fire. We all know the story of the rich man and Lazarus. If you would, turn to Luke 16.24. Luke 16.24. This is towards the end of the story. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish and in this flame. The rich man was in a flame and in anguish. The hottest flame that we as humans have been able to create is 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot, and I complain when it's a Texas summer, it's 102 out. So I couldn't imagine what hell's like. Next is being different. As Christians, we have to go against the grain of the world. If you would, turn to Mark 8, 35-38. Mark 8, 35-38. And it reads, Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whatever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words 
and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes to the glory and his Father and the Holy and is with the holy angels. This says a man gaze his, the whole world he loses his soul. This is a pretty serious text warning about going with the flow in our Christian lives. If someone can't look at you and see that you are different, then you may need to reevaluate if you are living the correct Christian life. If you would turn to Romans twelve two. Romans twelve two. Reads, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. There are many Christians that believe that they are saved or will never fall away, but Matthew seven fourteen says, "For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few." So if we don't. So if we aren't different enough that someone can tell it, then we may not have found the path that leads to life. We'll be on a one-way road to hell all the while thinking we have found the correct way. Next is being a leader. Throughout the years, I've come to see that I enjoy being in a leadership role. I mean, Shepherd is my last name. For young men as myself, although not a deacon or an elder yet, but we can be how we but it can be how we live in our daily lives and how we help out our church family. This might be being a leader in our classroom or for our friends to bring them to the Word of God, or by song leading on a Wednesday or Sunday if someone can't make it. If you would, turn to Proverbs eleven fourteen. Proverbs eleven fourteen. And it reads, Where there is no guidance, the people falls, but in abundance of counselors, they are safe. Well, without a strong leadership, the church would be the same as a chicken with its head cut off. False teaching would run rampant, and there would be no sound word. So we need young men like myself and others to step up and fill the roles that need to be filling. Next is a challenge. Now everyone that knows me knows I like a good challenge, and I work till I've either completed it or be made to stop, because the rose of heaven isn't a laid-back easy one. It's a hard, back-breaking one. Like I said in being different, Matthew 7.14 says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. To those who find it are few. For us to remain faithful, we have to be the so-called ditch diggers of the faith. The person that goes and goes out and works from sun up to sundown and kicks herself if they didn't work as hard as they could have. And with most challenges, after you've completed it, you feel some kind of accomplishment or get a reward. This leads me to my next and final point. There's a reward. I don't know about anyone, about everyone else, but I like rewards, especially the ones you work for. Now, a reward is something you get for doing something, whether that be in our lives, money, or just a satisfaction knowing we did it. But our reward for being faithful is not one of money. It is so much more than we could ever imagine. If you were to the James, turn to James one twelve, James one twelve. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast on the trial, for when he stood the test, he received the crown of life, which God has promised to those he love, those who love him. But we can only claim this reward if we are faithful till death, and are someone that has his church family, has a correct amount of fear, is very different from the world, is a leader, and likes a good challenge. Thank you.
Good morning. Before I begin my lesson this morning, I would like to take the opportunity to thank everyone for being here today. Personally, I'd like to thank my family for coming here to support me, for they have helped me reach this point in my life, and they have supported me in everything that I've done. Second, I'd like to thank the elders, my dad and Mr. Hancock, for leading this church and making sure that the Word of God is taught here, allowing us many opportunities to learn and grow in God's Word. As my time in the youth group, as my time in the youth group draws to a close, I'd also like to thank Nat and Lou Ann for all the hard work they have done to lead and guide our youth group. We have been afforded a lot of opportunities to mature as Christians in this group. I'm also thankful for all my friends in the youth group for we've experienced a lot of things together and have grown closer to each other, but more importantly, have encouraged each other to grow closer to God. I'm thankful for everyone at Broadway that has encouraged and supported me. I'm blessed to be a part of the family here. I would also like to thank a couple of my friends for coming to support me as well. At this, jun- at this juncture in my life, everyone is asking me, what am I going to do? Or are you going to college? Basically, the underlying question they're saying is, what path are you going to take from here? These things are important for me to think about right now, but the path I wanted to discuss this morning is vastly more important, and this is God's path. Today, we're going to look at ways to stay faithful by following the instructions he has set for us, seeking the right path, and by always planning with God in mind. So first, we have to follow the instructions. Turn with me to Psalms 37, 23 through 24. Psalms 37, 23 to 24 reads, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he may fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. As we can see from this reading, God will establish our steps. Even when we stumble, God will be there to catch us if we faithfully serve him. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us God is always faithful and will not let us be tempted beyond our means and he will always provide a way of escape for us. So as Christians, we must seek God's escape route from sin to remain faithful during our life. We will all have life events where there are changes in our lives. For some of us here today, it could be finally graduating high school and moving on to college. Or for some of us, it could be having a new job to relocate. Or it could be finding a new church home when you move away. It could also be choosing a person to marry and having children and establishing a God-serving home. The important thing is, whatever steps we take in life, whether large or small, we must follow the instructions that God has set for us. Let's turn to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This verse tells us not to start thinking that we have the answers in life. We should not trust our own understanding in this life, but we always need to lean on God for strength. Now let us read 1 Corinthians 3, 19-20.
1 Corinthians 3, 19-20 says, For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and that they are futile. People whom the world see as the wisest people, such as Bill Gates, or maybe others like Charles Darwin, have nothing compared to the knowledge of God, and only God knows what is best for us in our lives. The bottom line is, if we follow the instructions laid out right here in God's Word, we will remain faithful throughout all the steps of our life, even when we are faced with trials or tribulations and cannot see the exact plans that God has set for us. We have the instructions here in the Bible, but we still have a choice to make. And that leads me to my second point. We have to seek the right path. Turn with me to Matthew seven thirteen through 14. Matthew seven thirteen through 14 reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. These two verses right here lay it out plain and simple that we have two paths to choose in our lives. The straight and narrow path is the one that we should be striving for as Christians each day, since this is the good and faithful life that will give us the keys to eternal life in heaven. The wide path is the one that most of the people in the world choose, and this path will only send them to a life of eternal condemnation. Throughout the course of human life, each person will have to decide which of the two paths they want to follow. One of the easiest ways to stay on the path God wants us to be on is by reading his word daily. Psalms 119.105 says, By reading God's word, we can understand how to deal with worldly situations and can grow in knowledge about the right thing to do. Turn with me to Isaiah 26, verse 7. It reads, the, way, the path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. If we stick to reading God's word, Isaiah 26, verse 7, tells us that if we decide to follow God, he will carve out our paths for us. The difference between the right and wrong path is a night and day comparison. And this comparison is given in Proverbs 4, 18 through 19, which I will read. Proverbs 4, 18 through 19 reads, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. But the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness, for they do not know what they stumble over. The word of God gives us light and understanding of what we should know to be faithful Christians. However, the path of the world is so dark, according to Proverbs, that they stumble over things that they cannot even see. We should want to follow God's path not only because it is the better life, but because it is the only way that we can get to heaven. Please turn with me to Matthew five fourteen through 16. Matthew five fourteen through 16 reads, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, 
and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As Christians, we should not only want to follow the narrow path for salvation, but while we are on this path, we need to shine the way for our fellow Christians, and also we need to shine to show people of the world what they should be doing. Since we have the instructions and we know the right path to choose, we should always plan with God in mind, which is my final point. Please turn with me to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and also a hope. This is one of the most important things that we need to keep in mind if we want to stay faithful throughout our lives. We should always plan with God in mind. God should not just fit into our plans or be a substitute for our lives. He should always be the most integral part of the plan. If we go through our lives without keeping God in mind, it will be easy for us to fall away to worldly desires. We can defeat these worldly desires by growing daily in the Word of God. Turn to Luke 8, 9 through 15. Luke chapter 8, verses 9 through 15 read, And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that by seeing they may not see, and by hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But having no root, they believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked up by the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, there are those who hear, hearing the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. These verses explain to us what will happen if we do not grow in faith. We should be like the seed that falls among the good soil and takes in the seed, or in this case in the parable, the word of God. We need to retain this for our future use of teaching others. One of the ways that we can do this is by thinking deeply about God's plan before making any decision in our life. Please turn with me to Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is a great go-to verse with dealing with the daily decisions in life. As Jacob mentioned, we will have to live in this world, and we will always have decisions to make, but we need to choose to follow God in anything that we do, whether it's deciding what college we're going to go to, or accepting a new job, or choosing a new church home. The important thing is, are we following God's plan?
Turn with me, please, to Mark 9, 43 through 47. Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 47. And it reads, And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. For it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Some of the choices in this world might lead us to sin, or they might try to weaken our faith. But these verses have the answer for what we should do if we run into this problem. We should cut out all the sinful things in our lives so we can hold firm and live the faithful life with God as our foundation. In conclusion, can we truly say that we are doing everything that we can to stay on God's path for us in this life? Are we trusting God's instruction for our life? And are we going down the right path that he wants us to go down? Are we planning with God in mind in our daily lives? If we cannot answer yes to any of these questions, then you are going down the wrong path. None of us here today want to go down that path because it would mean we will be eternally condemned. Let's all focus on going down the right path so that one day we may be with God in heaven. Today, if you are not on God's path, then you are condemned, according to John 3, verses 18. Verse 18. James 4, verse 8 tells us to draw near to God, and he will draw near to us. All it takes for you to be saved is to hear God's word like you have today, believe it is his inspired word, repent of your sins, and confess that Jesus is God's son, be baptized, and most importantly, stay on God's path for you in, his, in your lives. If we can help you in any way, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.